Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Ian Morris about how German telcos could be in hot water. Germany's reliance on Russian energy sources, plus the use of networking technology from Huawei, could present some serious problems both now and in the long term for German service providers. Right, Ian, thanks for joining me on What's the Story? Hi, Kelsey. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good. Uh, So I saw you um, posted an article yesterday about... um, it's, I love the headline, German coziness with China and Russia created a huge telecom risk. So yeah. they, co- they cozied up to the wrong, the wrong folks, did. huh? Well, yeah, it's, not, it's not really a new story, but it's, um, you know, I think it's become, it's becoming more apparent with the, all the sorts mm-hmm. of ruptures that, that we're getting going on in the moment in the world, just how sort of, what a kind of precarious position, I think, some of Germany's telcos are in because of their... It's not. I mean, it's not directly a, a product of their dealings with Chinese suppliers or Russian companies specifically. It's sort of German government policy to some extent. But um, you know, we're going through this situation at the moment, kind of an energy crisis that's especially pronounced in Europe, partly because um, a lot of Europe's energy resources come from Russia, and um, with the war in Ukraine, that's become much harder um there's a, a sort of desire to move away from that and there's also uh vladimir putin himself sort of threatening to restrict um supplies so um and the countries that are the two most sort of dependent the two western european countries that are the two most dependent on natural gas in from russia are germany and italy so much so that germany's now concerned about the possibility of sort of energy blackouts in the winter or maybe even having to ration people's usage and this kind of thing and it came up on a call with um, Deutsche Telekom recently they got asked about it on their earnings call a few weeks ago and they sort of said well because we're a critical infrastructure provider and we have battery backup and we have diesel generators and all these sorts of things we're probably okay but the trouble is if people can't charge their smartphones and they can't sort of plug in their broadband then Mm -hmm. they can't use they can't use comms um and now i don't know how bad it could get but clearly if that's if that sort of thing happens then people aren't using telecom services they might still be paying for contracts but there isn't money from usage and they might try and downgrade and you know it sounds it sounds like a sort of you know um nightmare scenario really yeah almost like apocalyptic like can't (laughs) can't access your phone and it sounds like um you know dt feels like they would be okay but the issues with the customers right being able to and then perhaps they're not okay simply because they're losing money from usage and people are are saying well if we can't even charge our phones up then maybe there's no point in staying on the contract so we should just go pay as you go and this sort of thing so it, it really doesn't, it really sounds quite nasty. And it wasn't like he dismissed it out of hand. He was, mm-hmm. yeah, there is this risk. And also he, he sort of declined to say how long they can keep going on their alternative supplies, you know, without extra access to mainstream supplies. Now, I'm just sort of hoping that that's a real worst case scenario and we don't see things like that happening because nobody really wants that. But it's not the only thing they've got going on. This is a much, much older, longer running issue. But this heavy reliance, this sort of, trade relationship that's taken shape between China 
and Germany over the years where, you know, their approach to China has sort of been to, you know, try and have a good trade relationship with China and bring them in from this. You know, they're perceived generally in the world at the moment to be another bad actor, potentially, you know, an authoritarian state that goes around bullying neighbours. And, you know, recently, as you'll have been aware, in the US has been sort of putting pressure on Taiwan when there was, you know, a controversial visit there by US politicians. And, um, you know, Germany for a long time has had this trade relationship with China, so much so that China is now the biggest, I think they import more goods from China than any other country. And China is the second biggest export partner for Germany after the US. And a lot of the stuff that's coming from China to Germany in, on a telecom side are these base stations, and other bits of equipment they get from Huawei, basically. If you look at German, net, German mobile networks, they're still heavily dependent on Huawei kind of base stations. And while other countries in the region, um, you know, like the UK, I mean, perhaps more than any of them, the UK, which um, took, took steps to sort of restrict Chinese vendors and all the operators now have to clear their networks out of Chinese equipment and make sure that's done over the next few years. There hasn't been the same kind of swap out going on in Germany. So you still see Deutsche Telekom, Vodafone Germany, Telefonica, the big operators there, buying lots of sort of 4G and it seems 5G equipment from Huawei. And, you know, I mean, the, again, the worst case scenario is this this whole sort of thing about does China have the ability then to you know, either spy on on people in these countries or even worse than that, even sort of carry out sabotage, you know, sort of bring down networks by flipping some kind of kill switch on them. And, you know, again, you, you sort of wonder how far-fetched it is, but the possibility of them being able to do that from people I've been speaking to, some of whom didn't want to be named, is it, mm-hmm. it does exist, you know, it, it is there. It's not sort of science fiction. Right. Um, you know, and again, if they did do it, um, it's... It's kind of a third world war situation, isn't it? If they're mm. doing something like that, if they're trying to bring down Germany's telecom networks, then things have got so bad that we're potentially on a, a war footing with Germany. So I, I think it's, um, you know, may, maybe we don't want to over- worry about it too much and, and we don't want to sort of get carried away with these sorts of things. But, you know, I, I just feel at some point there's, there's got to come this sort of, Germany has to take a decision really about its telecom future. I think you know, I, I, it, it almost seems to be a bit behind the curve on on this sort of heavy Huawei reliance. And um, I, I wonder how sustainable it is to have that kind of relationship. And it's interesting because they've made this big fuss in the last couple of years about Open RAN. Uh, we've seen you know other companies talking up Open RAN a lot and and doing things there, um, but there doesn't seem to be much happening on on the German side, even though they talk a good game, you know, they're obviously trying to, you know, um, explore that technology and carry out trials. They still have this huge reliance on Huawei. And, you know, the only other vendor in the mix, it seems at Deutsche Telekom is Ericsson. And um, yeah, I just, I just feel that it's um, a potentially risky situation for them to be in. Now, as I say, I don't, I don't want to sort of make out that the energy is going to turn off and their networks are going to come right. down. <laughs> but I, I just, I just think it's um, they've, they've sort of put themselves in an odd, odd position, and, and they don't really seem to have a very clear strategy of how to deal with these risks. It's almost like, uh, you know, let's hope that it all, let's hope that all the problems blow over and, and, yeah. and go really badly, which is not a good, a good way to approach risk. I don't think. No, it, and yeah, it sounds like um, you know the energy. Uh, 
potential energy crisis is uh, a short-term but still very serious issue, but yeah. the uh, reliance on Huawei seems, um, you know, more long-term and could potentially, uh, you know, could it put them behind other operators in terms of developing um, their networks? And, you know, we're even looking into 6G now. So um, if, yeah. if they decide to kind of... Um, abort their uh partnership with with huawei and then does that put them behind um other telcos and i think that's the worry is that because um you know when this as you just said when other operators decided to abort their their partnerships so you see uh, vodafone for instance doing that in the uk and bt now they did it under government pressure but the nice thing in a way was that they they'd not started a kind of heavy 5g rollout at the time so the amount of 5g equipment they had to cut, take out and replace was fairly limited they're obviously taking out the 4G equipment as well. But even so, because Germany's the German government just seems to have allowed this issue to roll and not taken a firm decision on it. And it's always in the German press, by the way. It's always sort of talked about. And there's kind of people in Germany who aren't happy about it. But in the meantime, Deutsche Telekom and Vodafone and Telefonica, they've built these quite extensive 5G networks that seem to be very, very heavily reliant on, on Huawei. So if they do, it does come a point where they have to take that out. It's it's a big it's a much bigger cost than it would have been a couple of years ago to do it, and it's much more disruptive than it would have been a couple of years ago to do it, um, and it's just not ideal, basically. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. is that a concern for other countries? I mean, people traveling through Germany are they exposing themselves to potential? Well, that is um, that guess. is yeah, that is the risk. And if you talk to people who are sort of quite anti Huawei or who really worry about the likelihood of them sort of spying and 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 doing things and snooping on citizens and all this stuff, then you know, some parts, some politicians in the US, I think this is one of the reasons why the US was sort of leaning on Western allies quite heavily to to get rid of Chinese equipment. So, yeah, that's the concern. And then it's where's the technology being used, and if it's being mm. used in government buildings or base stations around. Mm. NATO offices or whatever it might be it just doesn't sound doesn't sound ideal you know and it's it's what you can I suppose it's how easy it is then for for them to you know get hold of information or or hack into networks but um but it's certainly feasible from the people I've talked to so you can see mm-hmm. why the worries there yeah, uh, sounds like it, it, their uh, kind of inability to make a decision has some really far-reaching and long-term um, consequences, and it sounds like they they really don't have a plan in place yet uh, for what to do moving forward. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, I mean, the energy thing is it's not specific to Germany. It's um, mm-hmm. it's Europe-wide problem, and you talk to any anybody in the UK at the moment where we not directly reliant on. Uh, Russian gas as much but because the prices have been affected across the whole market we're all looking at ridiculous energy bills coming our way in the next few months unless there's kind of government intervention and you know that's affecting operators here you know there's a lot of talk by BT and and Vodafone and you know the other companies about hedging and trying to do things where they can stop energy prices from going up so it's not just you know it isn't just Deutsche Telekom but it's the, the talk of blackouts and, and things being as bad as that really is something that's more more specific, I think, to to Germany and the countries that are getting Russian gas. And and then on the on the Huawei front, I think it's you know as you say, it's just a, an issue they seem to have swept under the carpet. They don't really seem to have confronted it because I I, I kind of feel it's not that I'm anti Huawei myself, and I, I take Huawei's own argument that they're not state owned. 
you know, and um, they've been caught up in all this the way that other people have. But you know, they are a Chinese company, and you know, if you're a Chinese company, you pretty much have to do what the Chinese government says. That's this is mm-hmm. the trouble. It's like, um, I mean, I mentioned this in my story. It's like the Russian oligarchs, you know, years ago when they clashed with Putin because they tried to become too political or didn't go along with him. We saw people like Khodorkovsky, who's the owner of Yukos, the oil company at the time, ending up in jail for, for years and years and was only released, you know, not, not that long ago, really. So you sort of think if you're a Chinese company, you don't do what the Chinese government says, then your, you know, your fate could be quite nasty. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really good point that um, the argument, uh, on their behalf only only goes so far <laughs> so, yeah. oh we're independent are you though <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. that's always, the, that's always the, tr- the problem i think zt is clearly sort of partly state-owned huawei well we they say they're not and you know but even if you believe that they're mm-hmm. unfortunately they're still a kind of chinese company the world we live in at the moment it's it's not the way you really want it to be but is it something we have to sort of think about just the very fact of them being chinese is a reason for us not to be sort of dealing with them right yeah, man, a lot of moving parts here. This is really interesting, Ian. I appreciate the update. And um, yeah, keep us posted on <laughs> if they're able to figure things out in Germany. Good luck. <laughs> All right, thanks, Elsie. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ian, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.